0: What up, podcast listeners? It's your boy, Squee. No, not the one you're thinking of. I went to public school and don't really know anyone who has been nominated for the Supreme Court. As you can imagine, this has been a difficult time for myself and the many decent men and women who share the very cool nickname of Squee. And no, it is not because we drank too much beer while lifting weights in high school. These are harmful stereotypes. I prefer weed. I live a highly sedentary life and I always practice consent. Respect. I've lost a lot of sleep over the irreparable damage done to my name, which is why I'm excited to partner with Calm, the number one app for sleep, meditation, and relaxation. It was even named Apple's 2017 App of the Year. For a limited time, Oval Office Tapes listeners can get 25% off a Calm Premium subscription at calm.com slash tapes. That's C-A-L-M dot com Slash tapes.
1: Uh, hello.
2: What you are about to hear are audiotapes recorded at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue during the presidency of Donald J. Trump and acquired exclusively for use in this program. In tonight's episode, we bring you selections from the week of the 1st of October, 2018. It is yet another week of high stakes political maneuvering and shocking revelations in Washington, D.C. The vote to confirm Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh is put on hold as the FBI investigates charges of sexual assault from his past. The New York Times reports that President Trump inherited a significant portion of his wealth through fraud and questionable tax schemes. And, oh yes, rapper Kanye West makes waves by wearing a pro-Trump hat during his appearance as the musical guest on Saturday Night Live. But... That is the news. This is the story. Like his father, Donald Trump Jr. is known for his anger-driven fighting spirit. Throughout Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation hearings, Don Jr. has fiercely defended the Supreme Court nominee and has attacked those who would stand in Kavanaugh's way. But... As we overhear in this taped conversation between the eldest Trump offspring and presidential counselor Kellyanne Conway, Don Jr. believes he hasn't done enough to help the cause.
3: Knock,
0: knock. Kellyanne, you busy?
3: Oh, hi, hi, Don. Um, did Renee let you in?
0: She said you were busy. Well, actually, she said you weren't here, but I could see you were, so then she said you were busy.
3: Uh-huh. uh huh Now is not the best time, Don. Uh, Your dad is about to do a presser on the lawn. Or just sit down. Make yourself comfortable, if that works, too.
0: I wanted to apologize to you. I know I haven't been myself lately. Haven't been out there as much as I should.
3: You've been very vocal, actually. Truth is, Kellyanne,
0: This whole Kavanaugh situation has gotten me depressed. I barely had the energy to tweet about it.
3: Well, you posted that vicious little meme attacking Dr. Blasey Ford, and you were able to muster the strength to attack her credibility, her memory, and her intelligence.
0: I know, but it's not enough. I woke up today and I said, Don, stop moping like a little bitch. You have an obligation to fight. Uh Uh-oh. Exactly. Someone has to call it like it is.
3: Don, you realize, of course, that sexual assault is a very delicate subject. As a woman and as a survivor of... Oh yeah,
0: I heard about that, and I bet you told the cops, did you not? Well, no, but that's not
3: really... Anyway,
0: as a victim yourself, you must see what's going on here. A good man is being destroyed, nailed to the cross, and bled to
3: death. Don, are you aware we're in the midst of a midterm election? A midterm election we will not win unless we overperform with women voters. What I'm saying
0: is, things have gotten so crazy in this country that men, who I grant you were once the guys who were making other people victims, have now become victims ourselves.
3: Donald Trump Jr., look at me. You cannot start tweeting shit like that. You will douche up this entire election if- I'm taking my
0: message to the people. Don. I'm hitting the campaign trail. Don. Do not silence me, Kellyanne. Do not oppress me.
3: I don't think you know what that even means.
0: I'm feeling unsafe, Kellyanne. And I don't like it one bit. What if I want to hug a woman who works for me? Or tell someone she's looking hot? I mean, you look pretty fine yourself today. Or am I not allowed to say that?
3: Well, I know you, Don, so of course you can say that.
0: I mean it. Not every guy likes skinny chicks, and you're not really in my age range, but you really feel that dress in all the right ways.
3: Okay, compliment accepted. If we can please move on. No,
0: we can't, Kellyanne. And that's because the left is out of control, and they've made this a dangerous time. Not just for me, but for my sons.
3: Aren't your sons five and nine? Yes. Well. Maybe if they don't sexually assault any of their fellow elementary or preschoolers.
0: But what if one of my boys wants to be on the Supreme Court? That's his right. Is it? What's to stop one of those preschoolers from saying they were assaulted 36 years from now? Don,
3: you're not crying,
0: are you? Hashtag he too, Kellyanne. What? You heard me. Hashtag he too. I'm taking it to the streets.
3: Guess you haven't been hearing me all that well.
0: I'm going to campaign in North Carolina, Georgia, and Texas next week, and I'm going to spread the word. This is a movement, Kellyanne. It's time to draw the line, and I'm just the guy to spread it.
3: Listen, Don, please, I'm begging you. We need women voters. In a few minutes, your dad is starting this press conference, and i got to go out there and make sure he doesn't say anything we all regret. Can I please leave now and can we please discuss your idea further before you launch your movement? Oh shit, my phone is blowing up.
4: Shh!
3: your dad's already on.
4: Well, I say that it's a very scary time for young men in America when you can be uh, guilty of something that you may not be guilty of. This is a very, very, this is a very difficult time. You could be somebody that was perfect your entire life. And somebody could accuse you of something, but in this realm, you are truly guilty
0: until proven innocent. See, he gets it. He just hashtag he tooed.
3: Oh come on.
2: South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham was once a reliable barometer of whether or not President Trump had pushed his power too far, as well as a voice of reason and integrity amidst the partisan bickering that paralyzes Washington, D.C. In recent months, though, and especially during last week's Kavanaugh confirmation hearings, Graham has increasingly become an ardent supporter of Trump's policies and an excuse-maker for his behavior. Why the turnaround? In this tape, Graham has had a few drinks and fallen asleep in his office when an old friend visits him to uncover the truth.
5: What, you got no one to drink with anymore now that I'm dead? Unethical sham. Tell him Lindsay says hello. (laughs) Boo. Ah, Boo yourself. Who's there? Ebenezer Scrooge. Mother, help me. I repent. My entire life's been a lie. It's me, you tow-headed simpleton. Wait, wait, John? John McCain? I've been dead for, what, a month? And you've already forgotten about me? Sorry. I-, I just wasn't expecting you. Yeah, and I wasn't expecting you to sell what was left of your shriveled up soul after i checked out. You were my best friend, John. Pigs in a poke. What have I done to make you want to haunt me? I didn't come all the way down here to haunt you. I came to taunt you. What do you mean? This Trump sycophant act. It's gone from pathetic to absolutely mind-numbing. And then last week you hit embarrassing with those histrionics on Kavanaugh? I have to think about the political realities here. You mean getting re-elected? You're so boring, so ambitious, so corrupted by power that you can't possibly imagine a life outside of Washington? Do you think I was calculating the political realities when I was enjoying my extended stay at the Hanoi Hilton? Now, John, you're not being fair to the president. I know you two never got along, but I really think if you'd got to spend some more time with him, maybe played some golf with him... Are you really saying this to my face? Well, actually, I can't see your face. Good point. But Trump is really a great golfer. Shot a 67 the first round I played with him. A 67? Listen to what you're saying. He didn't come close to a 67. And you know it. This is me you're talking to here, Lindsey. Sorry. I'm used to performing for the press and saying whatever it takes to beat the Democrats. And I am getting the best of them all where it matters most a conservative court for decades, a generation or more. You were good, solid conservative, John. You understand? The Democrats? This isn't about the Democrats. This is about country. This is about honor. Well, maybe I've just come to like Trump, okay? Good God. I guess it really is always darkest before it gets totally black. The old Lindsay would be pointing and laughing at what a clown you've become. I mean, You yourself used to go around shouting to anyone who'd listen about how Trump's an embarrassing kook. How he's not fit for any office. That was in the heat of the campaign. Oh, Lindsey, you bullshitting little hypocrite. You wouldn't stop yabbering with your silver-tongued southern drawl about what a buffoon he was. A buffoon! The political landscape has changed. Your soul is what's changed, Lindsey Graham. Take it from me. She's kind of in my wheelhouse now. I'm trying the best I can. No, you're not. You're out there screaming and hollering, practically foaming at the mouth, banging your fist and wagging your finger, erupting like a delicate little volcano. For what? Just to put an obvious liar and probable sexual assaulter on the Supreme Court? Be careful, Lindsay. There's a big difference between purgatory and heaven. Well, you forgot what it's like to be in the middle of it all, John. The witch-hunting Democrats may seem like bumbling fools, but they're vicious to the core. This is more complicated than you're making it out to be. No, it's not. You put on that stupid fucking grin and talk to me about how great it is to golf with Donald Trump? He golfed during my funeral. Did you know that? <sighs> I couldn't believe he did that. Maybe you're right about the man, but, but what do you want from me? I just want you to admit it. That's the first step to saving your soul. Admit what? He is the president, you know, and I have to work with him. Lindsay, are you aware that in the afterlife, you get to know everything about what goes on down here on Earth? You can even hear people's thoughts. Oh, well, fine then. You got me. I want to be Secretary of State. I'd even take Attorney General. Is that so bad? I'm a politician, John. You were one, too. You didn't always do the most principled thing. Remember Sarah Palin? Who? (laughs) John. (laughs) I'll do better. I doubt it. But at least you can work on your acting skills. Anyone with an IQ over 40 could see you were putting it on at the hearings. And those who know you best could tell you'd had one too many at lunch. I could never get anything past you, John. Still can't. No, sir. But did you see the look on old man Grassley's face when I started going off? I swear he got a stiffy. Probably his last one. Oh, God save us all. (laughs) Goodbye, Lindsay. John, wait. Wait, just one last thing. Oh boy, here we go. What do you want to know? Why does the world exist? What's the meaning of life? Actually, I was wondering, what is your understanding of the true nature of? devil's triangle and don't leave out any details. I think you know. Oh, my stars and garters. This here is an ad for Adult Swim. The only way the president can save Washington, D.C. is to nuke it. And if you think that doesn't make sense, you don't know President Phil Kin Seven. Now, the only way to free the president from himself, to save the country from annihilation, and to liberate the world from a power-hungry dictator is to impeach President Phil Ken Seven, The man for this job is a Birdman. You've been waiting for his return, and soon your dreams will come true. Harvey Birdman is back for a special case. For one half of one hour, you'll see what an American hero looks like. Harvey Birdman, Attorney General, October 14th at midnight, only on Adult Swim.
2: The story of the self-made man who received a modest million-dollar loan from his father and turned it into a ten-billion-dollar fortune is the one that President Trump most loves to tell about his success. But, according to a lead story in this week's New York Times, the president's version of events could very well be, ahem, fake news. In this tape... President Trump learns about the Times article from Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders while en route to a Mississippi campaign rally on Air Force One. Come in.
1: We'll be landing in ten minutes, Mr. President.
6: Mississippi. Your people.
1: I'm actually from Arkansas, sir.
6: Same thing. The low IQ states. No offense, but you know.
1: (laughs) Yes, well... Uh, They're both full of big supporters of yours. Uh, Now, sir, before we land, I want to make sure you knew the New York Times has a story up on their front page. It's one of those headlines where they use the really big letters, the usual lies and innuendo.
6: What is it this time? Do I need to get John Barron on the line with Maggie to straighten her out?
1: Well, uh, no. Uh, This one's about your family's finances?
6: My what? Well,
1: uh, the Times claims they've got all these financial documents going back to your dad's business in the 40s. Oh,
6: I thought you were saying it's about my taxes. My father was a huge success.
1: Well, it's not all great, unfortunately. Uh, They're saying you didn't really start out with just a million dollar loan from him, like you always say, and that you actually got quite a bit more than that.
6: How much more?
1: Just... Oh... $413 $413 million?
6: That's a lie. Half a billion dollars? Dad never left me anything close to that.
1: Well, with inflation... A
6: total lie. Which is
1: ironic, since what they're basically saying is that the whole story of your rise to success as a self-made man is a total lie. He
6: gave me a million dollars. Everybody knows that. I'm totally
1: self-made. Well, the Times isn't really seeing it that way. In fact, the article says that your dad probably gave you more money than you're worth today. They're actually suggesting that when all is said and done over the course of your lifetime, you've lost money. What the? F- They're also saying the overall inheritance should have produced a tax bill of at least five hundred and fifty million, but what y'all actually paid was only fifty two
6: million. So what? That's basically the same thing. fifty two million is plenty, believe me. Everyone fudges a little bit. We all fudge.
1: Well, I guess what the Times is saying is you actually paid one-tenth of what you should have paid. And that it's, you know, kind of a crime. You
6: think the Rockefellers pay taxes? The Carnegie's? Rich people don't pay taxes. It's the American way. We're going to sue. Uh, your lawyer's already spoken to them. The deep state has got their fingerprints all over this. The leaking traitors.
1: You're probably right, sir. This is
6: slander. I'm suing. Now I'm going to change the libel laws. Fuck what Congress says. Fuck what the Constitution says. We're going to fix all that with Kavanaugh anyway.
1: Now more than ever, we really do need Justice Kavanaugh, sir.
6: And we're going to get him. This is war. All-out war. They think they can make up lies about me, about my father? They want to see what kind of a prick I can really be? Well, they have woken up the wrong motherfucker, and his name is Trump.
1: I'm sorry, sir, but just so that I can prepare myself for this conflict, uh, can I ask what exactly you mean by all-out war?
6: My enemies! All of them! They want a war while the gloves are coming off!
1: Uh, was, Was that...
6: The speech I was supposed to give tonight. Yeah, it was. You have something to say about it? No, sir. It's time to recite a few facts about Crazy Blazy Ford. Sexual assault, my ass. Get me a transcript of her testimony now.
1: Right away.
4: What he's going through 36 years ago, this happened. I had one beer. Right? I had one beer. Well, do you think it was? Nope, it was one beer. Oh, good. How did you get home? I don't remember. How'd you get there? I don't remember. Where is the place? I don't remember. How many years ago was it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What neighborhood was it in? I don't know. Where's the house? I don't know. Upstairs, downstairs, where was it? I don't know. But I had one beer. That's the only thing I remember. And a man's life is in tatters. A man's life is shattered. They destroy people. They want to destroy people. These are really evil people.
2: Last weekend, rapper Kanye West concluded his Saturday Night Live musical guest appearance by sporting a pro-Trump Make America Great Again hat and defending the president. It's not the first time that the rapper-entrepreneur-lifestyle brand and aspiring presidential candidate has come under fire for his support of President Trump. But with so few celebrity friends... It is no surprise that Trump would take the time to personally thank Kanye for his support and to make him a modest proposal. Mr. West, can I call you Kanye?
7: Mr. President, I'm Ye now. I'm the being formerly known as Kanye West. I'm so inspired right now, Mr. President. Is it the hat? Is it the MAGA hat? Are you wearing it on your head? I'm rapping, you, know, because assimilation is against it. But this is, uh, the end of cancel culture. We're putting a stop to all that. Well, as long as you don't think you can stop Trump. Bro, we're the same person. Like, we share the same energy. All people are God's people. Okay, we've been talking for a while now, and I have no idea what either of us have been saying. I feel you. I'm calling, because I heard you on
6: Saturday Night Live. You know, nobody watches it anymore, no longer funny, no talent or charm, not like when I hosted. Just a political ad for the Dems, but I saw you say you were running for president in 2020 against me. I did that. I could
7: walk it back, you know. I'm talking to Javier at TMZ later today. You could, but I want to say, why wait at all? You want me to run against you sooner? Is that even possible? You know I'm busy with Yeezy. We're a $3 billion company. It's fashion, it's lifestyle, it's unprogrammed, it's... It's all terrific, I'm sure, but what I want is for you to run with me. One more time?
6: There's a concept they came up with. It's called October Surprise. And that's
7: fashion related? Kind of. It's a show. There'll be gowns and suits. Fashion has to be more democratic than gowns and suits, bro. What's this October Surprise? It has to do with the midterms, yay. We need a plot twist before the elections, something that surprises
6: voters, gets them to move in our favor, energize the base, invigorate the good
7: guys, deflate the evil ones. But does it gotta be October? These must have been driving me crazy. Do you know that time is used to control us? And control our energy? Uh, sure. And that's, that's whack. You can't do anything to fix that shit. Well, if this works out, me and you, We can fix a whole lot of shit together. We can eliminate the calendar. Right. So here's the plan. I have
6: this idea for a three-night reality show where I pick a new vice president from a group of contestants. That's crazy. It's called A Heartbeat Away. Come on, bro. (laughs) I like when you call me bro. Reminds me of the 90s when the blacks were on my side. A lot of your type. Rappers like you made songs about Trump. You want me to compete to become your vice president? Well, that and more. We can't say it publicly, but believe me, I know how to rig a reality show, okay? And I plan to rig it for you. For sure. Pence, the boy Scott I have now. He got me the evangelicals in 2016, and now they're here to stay. Couldn't get rid of them if I tried, and boy how I've tried. But what I need this time is the
7: blacks. Can you bring me all of the blacks? People think there are rules. Think there are rules that says black people have to be Democrats. That's just what the simulation tells you. We have to break the simulation. The simulation? Like when they said I could never be president? Yes, you broke the simulation. So what do you think? Do you want to join me? I'd have to be able to keep doing my company. I even stopped doing mine. That's awesome. I don't say dope because there's a power in words. Speaking of words, don't say anything to TMZ. Keep this to yourself. We need to make the biggest splash when we announce it.
6: Don't even tell your wife, okay? Between me and you. Is she there, by the way?
7: No, she's somewhere all over the world with her presence. Uh, what does that mean? I'll peek.
1: Hello, Mr. President. Kim,
7: how are you? I thought
6: you might be out of the country or something.
1: I'm home in Calabasas. Have you been?
6: Should I come? Maybe for dinner? You never know. Might be worth another pardon for one of your charity cases.
3: (laughs) Oh, Donald.
6: Or you can come to me a night in the Lincoln bedroom. Unforgettable.
1: As if I didn't know it's better to play
3: hard to get.
6: Look at you. Mind for strategy.
3: Bye-bye
0: for now. Y'all, what up? It's your boy, Squee. Back to remind you that Squee is a real name. And visit calm.com slash tapes for the number one app for sleep, meditation, and relaxation. That's calm.com slash tapes. That's C-A-L-M dot tapes.
2: Thank you for joining us for the Oval Office Tapes, a behind-the-scenes look at the presidency of Donald J. Trump. We'll return next time with more tapes from the Oval Office.
0: Yeah, it's your boy, Squee, with some credits. Ah, PJ. Not that PJ. Blumhouse Television and Cutler Productions present the Oval Office Tapes, performed by Mary Birdsong, Chris Cox, Quentin Flynn, Melvin Jackson Jr., Brendan McKay, Jeff Rector and Philip Wilburn. Our show is written by Scott Conroy, R.J. Cutler, Mike Schneider, and Leslie Hollingsworth. Trevor Smith is our producer. The Oval Office tapes is directed by R.J. Cutler. Our show is recorded and edited by Julian Nicholson and Eric Cifuentes, in design and designed and mixed by Glenn Ferguson
5: at the Invisible Studios, West Hollywood. Our casting directors are Meg Mormon and Sunday Bowling. Tess Ryan is our writer's assistant. Production support is provided by Chloe Sanders, Alexandria Nichols, and James Gelberg.
0: Al Wickers keeps us honest, and a theme song is Connection by King Tough. This podcast is distributed by Cadence 13. Our executive producers are Jason Blum, Scott Conroy, and R.J. Cutler. The Oval Office Tapes is created by R.J. Cutler. Check out the website ovalofficetapes.com We're also on Twitter and other social media at Oval Office Tapes. Thanks for listening to the Oval Office Tapes.